Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. Hi, movie fans. This is Betty Jo Tucker thanking you for tuning in to Movie Attic Headquarters. You don't have to be a movie addict to visit here, of course. But if you are one, it's definitely the place for you, especially today because award-winning filmmaker Christian De Resendez, one of the rising stars of independent filmmaking, will be discussing his unusual documentary and narrative movies. Christian's impressive film background includes experience as a director, cinematographer, editor, producer, actor, and writer, and his diverse filmography includes such offerings as Getting Out of Rhode Island, Cat Scratch, Memories for Sale, 41, Branches, Revealed, Portraits from Beneath the Surface, and Raising Maddie Christian. Christian's unique movies have earned acclaim at a variety of film festivals, and among the awards for his outstanding work are the following. Feature Film and Directing Awards from the Black Point Film Festival for Getting Out of Rhode Island, Certificate of Merit from the Chicago International Film Festival for Branches, Audience Award as Best Short Film from the Cine Music and Arts Festival for Memories for Sale, Audience Award for Funniest Film at the Boston Comedy Film Festival for Cat Scratch, which I think, by the way, is one of the funniest movies ever made. In fact, it was hard for me to write a review because I couldn't stop laughing while I was trying to write. So it's my great pleasure to bring our guest on now. Welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters, Christian. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Well, I, it's it's been a long time uh, coming, but I'm certainly glad that you that you were able to come on the show. I'm so happy that you could be here today, and I, Me I too. do have lots Me of, too. <laughs> and I have a lot of questions for you because um, you know I have seen uh, four of your wonderful films and and re- reviewed two of them. And after doing that, I have to tell you that I'm so glad you chose to be a filmmaker. But I'm kind of curious, why why did you make that decision? Gosh, I don't know. I mean, it always goes back to when I was very, very young. Uh, I knew very early on what I wanted to do. Um, but I, I wasn't, you know, I, I really started studying uh, film history very solidly, I would say when I was about 14 or 15. Um, but before that, I, I have memories going back to being, you know, four or five years old and knowing what I wanted to do. So it was just one of those things. Um, you know, it sticks with, you know, I stuck with what fascinated, fascinated me as a kid, and I knew I wanted to do that. And it was really that simple. Well, you certainly um, did uh, have some wonderful experience there uh, in terms of your of your filmmaking. What was the first filmmaking experience that you had? Oy, well, I mean, you mentioned Branches '93 there, which is pretty um, early on. I, I it was a 
literally all it is is a documentary about my senior year of high school and I it was overly ambitious and the award from Chicago was kind of a shock and I think they gave it to me for you know insanity purposes okay you're crazy enough <laughs> to do this so here you go um and uh I mean it was done very primitively uh, you know um you know 8 millimeter you know to try and tell you how I would how I edited it today would kind of be a shock considering the technology we have now so um I'm I'm proud of it but I'm purely I'm proud of it purely for sentimental reasons it's you know um it, it's kind of my first and so you like your first the best in a weird way but really only for um personal you know personal reasons well uh, that was uh that was a wonderful award to uh to win and i i understand that you you attended uh dean college in franklin massachusetts although you were born and raised in rhode island and but you did study theater and you also studied theater in london and but you graduated yeah. from rhode island college with a ba in film studies so so you're, uh, you're, everything that you've done has kind of led to the filmmaking. Yeah, I bounced all over the place. And um, even, you know, in studying theater at Dean and at Roger Williams, uh, at London with Roger Williams, um, I mean, I always knew I wanted to do film. I mean, it wasn't, um, you know, my first semester in college, I was a communications major, but I was also acting in theater shows, and I realized that I wanted to hang with the theater people, but I wanted to learn the communications to do what I needed to do. I didn't need to uh, – there was more – the philosophy and the creativity for me was going on with the theater people. So um, so I went with them, uh, but always knowing that I would circle back to film. You know. So, so you um, did do some acting. You can you remember uh, any of the roles that you you played in your oh, short yeah. acting I mean, career? I, I think the the biggest last role I played was um, I played Charles Bukowski in a short film, but that's probably never going to see the light of day. I really don't know oh. what's going to come of that. Um, the before that, I was in a play where I played the attorney for Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. That was about ten years ago, and then oh. beyond, before that, I was in a um, uh, some earlier productions i was in a short film uh called dear julia but you know i enjoy acting but um i really haven't made the time for it unfortunately i mean there's only so much you can do and um uh you know you want to uh be in really good challenging films too and and that's hard to find as well so you know if you're gonna put that effort um together as an actor then you want to make sure it's um worth your while and i just haven't had the, i haven't had the time to give it the time that it, it's needed well that's uh, that's understandable and uh in looking through this list of uh, do <laughs> filmmaking direct uh, be a cinematographer an editor a producer and a writer uh, what is there one area that you uh, prefer doing in your filmmaking work uh, over the others, or do they all appeal to you? Well, it's hard to um, – they all appeal to me on some level, but I think that it's hard for me to separate directing from cinematography from editing because I've always uh-huh. been kind of a one-man band and have been able to do all three together. Um but I would say, you know, as long as the shooting is good, then I can edit, and I can edit and direct. And, 
You know, when I'm directing something, I have editing in mind, and then I have angles in mind, and it's much easier to just go and, and as long as you know how, to go and just sort of do it rather than, you know, have to, to communicate to somebody else exactly what you want and what you how you want it to look or how you want it to be cut, et cetera, et cetera. So I kind of work fast in this way, um, and it's helpful to me. And there are people like, you know, Steven Soderbergh, who does all three as well, but he works under aliases. So, um, right. so right. So I, you know, it's, I, I, I just don't work under aliases. So, um, uh, I guess I'm in good company as far as being able to juggle all three. So I think you are. And, and with the passion that you have for your uh, film projects, uh, you want everything to, to come out just right. And, and since you can do these various uh, activities that make uh, the films uh, what they are, it's it's only natural, I think, that that you would you would do that you would do that. And I, but what do you enjoy the most about making movies? Oh, um, I think that for me, when it comes to documentaries in particular, just sort of the moment where you realize that a certain number of shots correlate or the go together in a way that you hadn't foreseen and um and they create some really magical amazing moments um and you know th- those moments are actually the best it's kind of when you've been struggling forever and ever to get a certain note and then you finally get it and you're like oh that's where that goes so that's that's actually more the the joy of it for me um, is that part of the process. Um, and, uh, you know, as far as what I like, mo- I mean, directing overall, I would have to choose because I can direct how to compose a shot. I can direct how to edit a film. I can, and all that falls under that umbrella. And I've had to photograph and edit films for other directors. And some of those have been great experiences and others have not. And, you know, actually I've learned from all of them. So, um, you know, and and it's not to direct just to be, um, you know, a person in charge or anything like that. It's really about, um, uh just wanting to fully realize a vision and uh give it give it the best you can well said and i'm wondering how you pick your film projects you you probably have a lot of people that contact you and want you to do a film that they're interested in but what what are your criteria how how do you how do you how do we well, get you to do our films? sure i I, I think um, a, a, a script really, really needs to grab me um, and, you know, sort of keep me hooked and really wanting to know what happens next. And I think that's when it comes to, you know, being a, a script. When it comes to a documentary project, um, it's really great if it's a unique set of elements that have come together. Like, like you know, Raising Maddie Christian, for example, is a film out right now that's traveling festivals and I can't um you know I remember looking at the first video footage I saw of of Maddie Christian who was born without arms and legs I knew I had to make that film and I didn't know how it was going to turn out but I knew that I had to tell this kid's story uh as simple or as complex as it was um with 41 it was the also the ingredients it was the aspect of uh, Nick O'Neill being the youngest victim of the station nightclub fire in Rhode Island that claimed 100 lives. 
the premonition of a certain number, the paranormal, and how that fit into the story. And so you had a, or a strange combination of elements there. So it's usually sort of like, um, I don't know, a recipe, like a unique recipe for something like, oh, okay, that location, these actors or these real people, uh, actors if it's a narrative, obviously, and uh, and this script, and okay, I see it all coming together and everything. Usually I work towards a last shot. Like if I know if I know what a final shot is uh, in an opening shot, that helps, but a final shot usually helps uh, tremendously. And usually that doesn't change. So, um, wow. yeah, that's kind of, if I can see the whole painting in front of me, I equate it to like, um, you ever see the movie Minority Report with Tom Cruise? Oh, when yes, indeed. He, yeah, when he has that thing in front of him and the psychics all sort of pull the images and he gets all the images up on the board and then using this little thing with his fingers, he's able to move around all the pieces and like, okay, what does that look like? Okay, throw that there. Okay, with it, and it's literally like um, puzzle piecing. Piece, he has to piece oh. this whole thing together to make it make sense to him. And so that's kind of how I see that challenge, um, especially in documentary. So, well, you have quite a, um, a, a visual eye. You have an eye. You have the director's eye and the cinematographer's eye. That's clear in the movies that uh, you've made that I've watched. And um, I, I want to make sure that our listeners know something about these terrific <laughs> movies of yours. So mm -hmm. let's let's spend some time. You already uh, talked a little bit about uh, uh, raising Maddie Christian, and I know that's near and dear to your heart. Mm -hmm. So uh, tell uh, tell our listeners a little bit more uh, about that movie and um, sure. where they could see it and uh, just anything you'd like to uh, share about about that very touching documentary. Sure, sure. Well, um, first of all, the website for it is RaisingMattyChristian.com, M-A-T-T-Y, Christian. Um, and you can see the trailer and info there. Um, about in late um, – actually, backtrack um, – Early 2010, I got a call from a friend of mine who had been hired to uh, convert some old VHS footage to DVD, and he was told what he would be seeing, but he was enthralled by it anyway, and he was like, oh my God, somebody has to make a, a film about this kid, and the footage that he was putting together was of Maddie Christian, some old home movies and stuff like that, uh, and, uh, and so he told me about it, and he's like, somebody's got to make a film about this kid, and he was very emotional. And I said, um, okay, sure, uh, well, find out what his parents think about it when you feel comfortable asking, whatever. And then I didn't hear anything for a year and a half, so I thought I would just kind of disappear. But I, I was more taken by not what he said about Maddie, but more of my friend, uh, my friend's reaction to it. And his name is Paul Plotkin. He ended up being our co-producer. And uh, and so a year and a half later, he contacts me. He's like, "Do you remember that thing?" I said, "Of course." He's like, I'm, "I'd like you to uh, meet the parents," and I did. And uh, to make a very long story short, they wanted it done. Um, and uh, so in the November of 2011, we set forth on that. 
uh, and uh, and it got completed, I would say, this past January, because as you've alluded to, we've done many things that we were already in the running to do, so it was on working with it on and off. Um, but um, a lot of work, about 30, a little over 30 interviews, um, his parents, his his, son, his brother and friends, and basically it's is about how what this kid did with his life. Um, he lived to the age of 25. He uh, was born without full limbs and a tongue. He became a para-athletic swimmer. He became an award-winning wrestler. He became um, he was going to inherit a business. I mean, it, everybody looked up to this guy and what he was able to achieve and the the amount of love and support and you know uh and, and just admiration for him and respect has really spilled over as far as the reaction goes from his family and friends uh in Canton Massachusetts and in in the region throughout um there people are getting to know him in this way um we've gotten into eight film festivals and um, I think that number is only going to go up because we're waiting to hear from so many more. But the reaction to the film has been very, very strong. So it, it, it's a very nice thing to say at this point. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy to, to hear that because that just uh, moved me so much watching that film and kind of going to another uh, mood. <laughs> I want you to talk about Cat Scratch. <laughs> I, I just absolutely, yep. you know that's my favorite. That really yes. is 16 minutes of pure fun. So how did that yes. movie come about? Okay, so I um, met the writer, uh, Jen DeLugos, um, through a project I had to do, and she had another writer friend named Andrea Henry. And I said, and Andrea Henry's a stand-up comedian. And so I said to the two of them, I'm like, well, you know, come up with, uh, I'm interested in directing narratives. This was at the end of uh, sometime in 2011. I said, I want to direct a narrative. Um, I'm always getting documentaries. I want to show that I can direct narratives. This is something I've actually been fighting to do more and more over the last 10 plus years is to show that I can do this. So, um, and you so they're sure like, can. Oh. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> so I said, um, I said, okay, uh, I'm sorry, they, where was I? Okay, so they, she came up with the script. And the script was fine. It was very basic. I thought it was I thought it was good. Um, but I knew that if I put Jeremy Banks at the front of it, who's a very who's a longtime friend of mine, a very talented improvisational comedian, um, I knew that that's all I would need. That and a good cast and these locations and all the other stuff would just kind of fall into place. But pe- people, I think, respond to this film strongly because of Jeremy, and I think they absolutely oh. love Jeremy. And, he's um, wonderful. He's oh, he's wonderful fantastic. He's. There were so many moments in the middle of the movie where I just had to. I just cracked up when I was filming because I couldn't, because of what he was doing. And then you can't use those because you, know, you <laughs> screw up. The director screwed up. Uh, but but that's that's Jeremy, and uh, not a lot. Not enough people know about Jeremy. Um, and uh, I would love for people to get to know him, and I would love to work with him again. I worked with him years ago in a film called Getting Out of Rhode Island. Um, oh yes. In which he played a real jerk of a character, not a, not a comedic performance by any means. Um, but uh, 
but he's got a really great range and he's very good. Uh, so anyway, Cat Scratch uh, was ended up being a 16-minute short. Uh, we filmed in Massachusetts in northern Rhode Island, and uh, and the, that film has also done remarkably way better than we ever anticipated. We just got another award from another festival. We're, we're really? almost two. Yeah, we're almost two years from the time it premiered. And this film just uh, is it's played in like a dozen film festivals. It's insane. Uh and we didn't even enter that many because we had no budget for the movie. So um yeah, and then Grant Grant Malloy Smith um putting the music together who is just fantastic as well came up with Kitty Kitty Yaya which was just insane. Uh <laughs> and and so all of it just came together uh uh, beautifully and and I I love doing it because as you have gathered from like my other work um I tend to be approached with serious topics and yeah. um this was something that showed um the opposite of that it was a 180 and I like doing 180s from project to project kind of along the lines of like a Todd Haynes or a John Dem Jonathan Demi mm -hmm. or and Alan Parker or whatever, just kind of like a, okay, now let me shift 180 degrees, and, or Ang Lee, Ang Lee is another one. Let me shift 180 degrees and do this and really kind of mess mess with your head. So that, no, this, <laughs> you, did, like you did shift. You definitely did. And uh, th this whole uh, simple story of, the, of this insurance salesman uh, on his way to work thinking it's going to be just a, another you know, regular day at the office, and reaches down to pet the neighbor's cat, and the cat scratches him, and then he thinks he's a rabid, the cat's rabid, and how paranoid this guy got uh, that he was only going to live nine uh, nine days, and then the way you you played out those nine days with the with the uh, conflict there <laughs> between the cat. Oh, and by the way. Uh, uh, let's give kudos to Rufus the cat, right? Uh, yeah, I suppose you have to. Um, <laughs> poor cat, we put him through so much, but you know, yeah. <laughs> where did you get? Where did you get Rufus the cat? <laughs> uh, Rufus the cat. Uh, well, actually, you know how in the film you saw the two houses across from across the street from each other. Yes. Well. Um, that's that they belong to a family that we have known for decades. Our family knows them. They live about twenty minutes away in a village called Whitensville, Massachusetts. And the both families occupy both houses. The the son lives in one house and the you know, the main family lives in the other one. And they always have had a ton of cats. And so it became obvious that that's where we should go. Absolutely. Go where the cats are. <laughs> right, <the> right. <laughs> and so well, I literally went there and said, okay, do you have a cat that can do this? And my friend John said, yes, uh, John who lives there. So, you know, it, it worked. And a star is born, a star is born. Well, I, want, I just hope everybody watches that. And I thank you so much for making it available on um, YouTube. I did post that on my Facebook page, the YouTube um links I, and I, I just hope uh, everybody gets to, gets to see that and i, I kind of feel this 
<laughs> You're very welcome. Thank you for making it and giving me so much pleasure and <laughs> so many laughs. The other film um, that I'm particularly interested in, uh, because it's another one that I did review, is Memories for Sale. And my gosh, going from Cat Scratch to a movie mm-hmm. like this that's so thought-provoking and dealing with, you know, I mean, serious things like trust and betrayal and morality and privacy. I mean, mm-hmm. that definitely shows how diverse you are. How how did you get involved in Memories for Sale? Uh, Memories for Sale, I had, I went to, end of 2010, I went to a film screening party and hosted by a friend named Angel Connell. And, uh, I'm, while we're sitting around waiting, I met this guy named Jerry Bizance, and I had never met him before, and he was from Lowell, Massachusetts. He had a theater company. He's like, oh, you're a filmmaker. I said, yeah, I do documentaries, but I'm trying to do narratives. Again, that comes up. And uh, he's like, he's like, well, I'm a playwright, and I own a theater company, and I have a couple of scripts. And I said, okay, I'd be happy to take a look at them. And I think the next day he sent me one or two. And I say two because I vaguely remember another one, but I only remember this one. And I read Memories for Sale instantly. I said, okay, I really want to do this. And he was surprised by that. So Jerry did a great thing. He went away and he raised the money. He got grants. And we had auditions. And we cast it. And uh, we dressed that entire office space. The entire film is a 25-minute play in real time. It takes place in one office. It never leaves the office. It's four characters, mostly two. Um, And it's about an older Jewish comedian who's getting his biography written about him. And there's uh, the writer, played uh, by Dave Sullivan, is uh, forced by his agent, also played by Jerry Bizantz, to um, interview or, or get some juicy, gossipy details out of his subject, uh, the great Sid Friedman, who is played by Bob Colonna, uh, son of comedian Jerry Colonna, also. Oh, really? Uh, I was going to ask you about that. Well, he was so... Yeah. I, I really enjoyed his performance. He kind of uh, made me think of kind of an over-the-hill combination of Milton Berle and Sid Caesar who are two of that's, my favorites. That's totally it. Yeah, that's totally <laughs> was... it. And yeah, Bob was fantastic and Melissa Pennock had a uh, played his his granddaughter. And you know, it was uh it was something that we rehearsed heavily. Uh we had 2 days to shoot it. Um I think everybody in it is very proud of it. And, of course, I'm hard on myself, and there are things I would like to go back and change. But um, I'm very proud of the performances that I see and, uh, and uh, you know, want to learn that, want to take that as a great learning experience for the next, um, the next film. But it, it, is, it is something that I think came together very, very well. It certainly did. And I have to tell you that, uh, of course, uh, the whole dilemma is about, uh, trying to get uh, some gossip from from the uh, from the old uh, comedian to include in the in the in the book. I mean, and that's where the, the right to privacy comes in. And mm-hmm. I, I just when when those two guys, uh, Charlie and Sid, uh, were in that office by themselves, and you know, watching that conversation between those two, I actually felt like I was in the room. 
right there. Yeah, well, you that's know, how we were, wanted you to feel. Well, you got me. I mean, really, it's just, uh, and this is this won an audience award as uh, a best short film at the Cine Music and Arts Festival, and I, I understand it was a finalist in the 2013 Moondance International Festival. Everything that you do seems to be getting well, awards uh, also the, nominations. And, and the reaction at um, Boston LGBT and Ogunquit LGBT, you know, I mean, that, those festivals, too, um, really, really liked it, too, so... You know, and I think also, I mean, I don't want to give away the whole premise of the film, but the film gets, I think, misconstrued um, because for me, it's really about respecting one's privacy and do we have to know everything and everything else that is revealed in the film is really quite secondary, but I think people latch on to the secondary stuff. And well, think that the I film understand. is about that. Well, yeah, I, I got. I think I understood what you were going for. In fact, I uh, wrote a little poem about it, and uh, I'm going to apologize to all the real poets out there and uh, and read this for our listeners. And this is Charlie's dilemma: Does privacy last for stars of the past? Scandals must be told for books to be sold. Morality falls when the big deal calls. And such is the tale, memories for sale. <laughs> so you, well, I did that, get the that, right idea. That, that, right that's idea. actually very beautifully written, and it's... Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad you like it. Well, we've, <laughs> okay. um, my goodness, we've got only 15 minutes left in the show, and I want to make sure that our listeners get to hear about um, your uh, reveal, Portraits from Beneath the Surface, and also any... Um, any um, movies that you're uh, working on right now. So mm -hmm. I'll let you decide what you want to talk about first. Sure. I'll tell you a little bit about Revealed quickly. Uh, Revealed was a short documentary I did about three years ago about a photographer named Scott Indermeyer who came up with the uh, idea of capturing people's spirituality in a box. Um, wow. It's a little over 40 minutes long, and that too has played you know the world over. It's done really well. Um, I'm actually really proudest of that piece probably out of – it's one of the pieces that I'm really the proudest of because it still – it interweaves 11 subjects in a photo session, and every time I see it, I see something new, and I feel something new about it, and um, that's the best thing I can hope for in anything I do. So I'm very happy with that film. Um and so that's that and that you can go to revealedprojectmovie.com and learn more about that too. Good, um, good. It really but, is um, very different. Yeah. Very different. I uh, I have never seen anything quite like that and uh, congratulations on on the work that you've done on that. Yes, but thank you. I, I I ex I expect great things from you, so <laughs> I got you. I get them too. So, and upcoming, right. any movie that you're working on now? Yeah, there's a, the the main film I'm working on now is called Slatersville, America's First Mill Village. It's the most ambitious documentary I've ever done. Um, we have interviewed about 40 people so far, five of whom have passed. There are probably another 20 to oh. interview. Um, it's about the 200-year history in the first industrialized mill village in the U.S. 
And I've been interviewing generations of people who've been here, but I've also been interviewing um, historians. And uh, Slatersville is my hometown, actually. It's in northern Rhode Island in the town of North Smithfield. Um, and it's where I live and work. And it, so it means a lot on a, a lot of personal levels. But I also would not be going to this degree in making the film if I didn't feel that a story was there and could hold you for two hours. So um, it's it's a lot to do. We are we keep funding it. We're funding it as we go. It's been a difficult film to fund, but um, but it's. Uh, probably one of the most noble efforts I've ever tried to make in, in doing something. Uh, and it feels really good. And I, I know that what's there will be a compelling story. Um, well, uh, and our, our have, website uh, for that, by the way, is, is firstmillvillage.com. So we have a work-in-progress trailer people can watch and read up on what we're doing. Yes, and I did see um, see some of that that, that you had. Uh, well, I looked at that this morning on on YouTube, and what a lovely, lovely uh, film it's going to be. And you can just tell how much uh, work and research is <laughs> will be going into it, and already has gone into it. So I hope you'll keep mm-hmm. us posted on, on absolutely. That. And and when you finish, maybe you can come back and and. Uh, Give us a little report. We'll talk a little bit more about that. And now, are any of these? Uh, you, I'm glad you've given us the websites and all. But your your company, Breaking Branches, mm-hmm. uh, has a, a site, correct? Where yes, breakingbranchespictures.com. Breakingbranchespictures.com. I always get pictures and film mixed up, so it's Breaking Branches pictures.com and that's where we can go for more information about these films and we can also um, find out where we can where we can see them because so many of them are are just showing at film festivals Uh, are there any dvds available that people can order yeah i know getting out of rhode island is actually on netflix um but here's the news on that we're actually doing a redux of it i'm going to completely re-edit the film um, and do new things that I couldn't have done before. So it's a really, real true redux. It's kind of like taking the same uh, ingredients and making a completely different dish from, scra- from scratch. Um, uh, so what that will that? come up. Go ahead. Well, I, I had for- I'm sorry. I had forgotten about getting out of Rhode Island, which you did. You won an award for for that too. So. If that's going right. to be coming out on, uh, you know, where we can order it, that's important for us to know. So, so go ahead, tell us more. Well, oh yeah, no, no problem. I mean, people can rent the older version on Netflix um, and everything. But I know that what will come out in a couple of years' time will be light years better than that. Um, but people can still look at it. Uh, Forty-one people can get on Gaim TV dot com and g a i a m and they can also go to next dot com n e h s t dot com to see that film. Um, Raising Maddie Christian is just in film festivals now. It's not out yet uh, for distribution. But if you go to our website, 
get a, and actually if you go to uh, our Facebook page uh which is facebook.com/matty m a t t y matty christian film um you know we i send out updates uh repeatedly and consistently and you'll know where screenings are for that um and also raisingmattychristian.com the website um revealed i think you can get on amazon I, there are some places you can rent it though i'm not 100% sure of where they are um so uh the and 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 as you mentioned before cat scratches on youtube uh, in full memories for sale only the trailer is on youtube uh the film the short film is not entirely out there um so there are a variety of different places you know if people are dying to see things i might be able to share with them depending on um you know who they are uh, not or what they want to do with it etc um uh you know, and so I'm I'm open to requests like that. Sometimes you get uh, people contacting you that really are dying to see it, and they want to show it somewhere, and so that's always a positive too. Yes, and um, so can they reach you through the Breaking Branches Pictures website? Yes, yes, absolutely. BreakingBranchesPictures.com. People can go there. They can also see our other work. We do corporate, nonprofit, and commercial stuff too. Um, so we do a wide range of of, of films, and um, we're working on about three or four different projects right now in development. And uh, I can't really talk about any of them in depth because they're at various early stages. But you know, we've been working hard on them, and we know that the future is bright if we can uh, keep going and complete Slater's film, make these other films. Oh, I, I'm sending you uh, extra special good vibes to uh, to really succeed with with all of these projects. And we there's one question that we ask all of our guests, so I don't want to let you off the hook with this. What's the most important thing you want our listeners to know about you and your work? Boy, that I um, I have a purpose to what I am doing. That I make these films because I feel that I have to learn from them or I have to get their messages out there. And so I do my best to sort of travel through that um, that array of work and uh, and realize it and do the best I can and. Uh, and and share whatever the messages of these films are with the world, whether they be Cat Scratch or Raising Maddie Christian or whatever. So I, that's something. I, and and I'm always looking for new material. I'm always open. So um, you know, if, if a script strikes me or whatever the case may be, I'm I'm open to whatever may come my way. Well said. And I want to thank you so much. Uh, Christian David Vendez for being such oh, a thank you, Betty Joe. Today's show, and I know that you uh, that you have something that you uh, need to be on time for by five o'clock. So this is our promo uh, period of the show and our announcements about what's coming next week. So please, uh, please feel free to um, uh, to go ahead and, and take care of your other business. But just know that we're thinking about you and we're very excited about all of your uh, filmmaking projects. So bye for now. Oh, thanks so much, Betty Joy. I appreciate it. Take care. You too. 
promotion Bye-bye. promotion time now. Here, uh, you may have to turn down your uh, audio just a bit for for these promos, uh, but you'll enjoy them, I think. Hi, comedian Nancy Lombardo here, host of Comedy Concepts Blog Talk Radio. And when I need my movie fix, you'll know where I'll be found. That's right, every Tuesday at 4 p.m., listening to Betty Jo Tucker on Movie Attic Headquarters Blog Talk Radio. Show me the funny, Betty, show me the funny. You're listening to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker. She's the real deal in what's happening on film. And if you're not real careful, you might hear the confessions of a movie addict. So get your popcorn and stay right there in your seat for Movie Attic Headquarters. And now back to our feature. Thanks so much, Nancy and Steve, for those amusing promos. And, dear listeners, be sure to check out Nancy's very funny comedy concept show right here on Blog Talk Radio each Monday and Friday morning at 10.30 Eastern Time, as well as Steve Mendoza's entertaining shows on Dreamstream Radio. And also on Dreamstream Radio, there's a show called The Mom and Pop Shop Show, hosted by Mr. Showbiz himself, George Bettinger. Check it out on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And don't forget about all the diverse shows on the Wacko Network here on BTR. There are too many to mention, but there's something for everybody. Sorry to say our time is almost up, so this is Betty Jo Tucker giving a big shout-out to Christian Day Resendez for being so wonderful and telling us about his great movies today, as well as to the Folks at Blog Talk Radio for their support. And to Nikki Starr, our producer, for everything she does to make Movie Attic Headquarters happen. Special thanks to our chatters and other listeners for tuning in. I hope everyone enjoyed the show, but please come back next time to hear Nell Minow, the famous movie mom, talk about her new book, Must See Films Teachers. And next week is National Teachers Week, so this will be a very timely episode. And joining us again as co-host, it should be another great show. That's all for now, folks. Here's the talented A.J. Daniels to take us out with a song that we'd like to dedicate to all our Blog Talk Radio listeners. <laughs> 